Welcome to An Hour of Your Life. My name is Kim. And this is Steve. So, uh, hey, do you know why Dayton is called the Gem City? I have heard rumors because it is above the Queen City, Cincinnati, it is which is the, the, the crown jewel. It, you are exactly correct. My beloved city is the crown jewel in um, Cincinnati's crown, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, is that city to the south. Okay, well, so th- this started off, we, we were going to go ahead and there were so many jobs that we didn't get to talk about, so many things that we want to talk about, but on the whim, I've been gone for about two and a half weeks on some business, and just on a whim, we decided to go down to Cincinnati today to go down to the the museum down there because it was the last day of the Egyptian exhibit. And so we decided to go down and just a lot of things down in Cincinnati, we decided let's go ahead and do today's show on Cincinnati. So we may, I don't know, we may revisit jobs another another time when we have nothing else to, to really talk about. But yeah, we went down to um, the Cincinnati Museum Center today. And I I was there like one time years and years and years and years ago, and I really don't remember it, uh, but it it's beautiful. It is a really amazing building. Yeah, I mean, it's the old train station. In fact, Amtrak still start or still runs through the uh, through that station. Yeah, so actually, um, Union Terminal, it's, it's built in the Art Deco style, which I kind of am a big fan of anyway. That's like 1920s, 1930s era. Um, Lots of really pretty polished stone, lots of, um, uh, I don't know, like sort of, um, not geographical. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Uh, what The math thing. <laughs> Geometrical. Geometrical. Okay. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Lots of um, geometrical shapes and figures. Uh, it's really, really beautiful. I mean, when you walk in there, you feel like you're walking into that movie with about Elliot Ness, and when yeah, he was, the yeah, it's it's yeah, the Untouchables. It's a really neat looking building, and um, they turned it into the museum. And there, I didn't know that there were so many different areas of the museum. Yeah, so Union Terminal was actually finished. The train station was actually finished in um, 1933, and it stopped running. The train stopped running for uh, about 20 years. Um, between 1972 and 1991, and then in 1991, it became an Amtrak station again, and um, that you can catch trains to, I don't know. Wait, what year did you say? In, in 1991. Okay. It stopped running. The train stopped running. It was well, a yeah, functional you know why? Tra- because if you want to ride the train to Chicago, it leaves like a one in the morning. <laughs> I was going to get to that, but yes. So it was a functioning train station between 1933 and 1972, and then it shut down in 1972, reopened in 1991 as an Amtrak station, um, and the museum opened. It opened it as a museum in 1990 as an Amtrak station a year later. I'm not sure where all you can travel to, but I know you can go to D.C., uh, but you have to leave at um, like one, it was either one thirty or three thirty in the morning. Yeah, I mean, just to go. I mean, it would be very nostalgic to take a train to Chicago. But I mean, you have to catch the train like at one thirty in the morning. It gets in like at seven thirty in the morning, and I'm sure we're not on a sleeper car. Yeah, so, I mean, it's an Amtrak. It's yeah. not like you're. It's it's not those fancy like velvet plush well, no, velvet. I, Amtrak has has sleeper cars, but um, I'm. 
yeah, I doubt if it's got not to not Chicago. This one, no, yeah, no. not to Chicago. Yeah. Um, but you, so Union Terminal. Actually, did you? I didn't know our Union Terminal in Cincinnati. That it was the model for the Hall of Justice, like the Justice League comic Super Friends in the 1970s when they drew the Justice League. Is that Superman? Uh, it's Super Friends. So like just um, Superman, Wonder yeah. Woman, like well, all I said, those guys. I said I could yeah. picture like Clark Kent walking yeah. through here. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's why, because that's, it's the Hall of Justice. Like when they drew the Hall of Justice in those comics in the 70s, they used um, the Cincinnati train station as their model. Yeah. And pretty cool. as we were walking up, the fountains were really beautiful. But there was a plaque there at the beginning of the fountains. And I did not know that is where the origins of the Cincinnati Reds came from. The first Major League, the Cincinnati oh, yeah. Reds Major League Baseball game was played there. They weren't called the Reds in. What was the, 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 the Reds? Red stockings, the Red Stockings. But it was played there, yeah. Yeah, their nickname, the Red Legs. The Red Legs. Um, so, yeah, it was a baseball field before it was a, a train station. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And, uh, plug for the Reds, it's their 150th anniversary this year. Hey, I've been going to the Reds for a long time. I've seen the Reds play at Crosley Field at Riverfront Stadium and now in the Great American Ballpark. I'm, I'm a Reds fan. My uncle and my cousin Jillian are huge Red, Reds fans. I think Terry gets season tickets every year. I'm not sure. But um, the, my, one of the coolest things, when you first walk into, the, into uh, now the museum, there are a lot of different areas. There's like the Museum of Science and hist- like Natural History. There's the Museum of Cincinnati is there. There's a really, really cool children's museum that we're going to be taking a trip down to pretty soon. Um, there is actually, it's the biggest, is it the biggest miniature in the country? Is that what we said it was? Yeah, it was. Um, it, it's like a miniature train station. That can't be because they have Entertainment Junction right up the like right, not too far from there. Yeah, but this was the streetcar. Oh, streetcar. Okay. I think it was the biggest streetcar. The biggest miniature streetcar exhibit, that, like display, di- yeah. yeah, display diagram thing. Um, but when you first walk in, it's huge. Like there's this great big rotunda, and there's a beautiful mosaic that I I had to laugh because it was the first thing I noticed. I guess it's because it's up high, and I have a tendency to look up when I enter buildings. And you didn't notice it at first because you you were looking around at like the people and the concourse and stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear, "Oh!" And and I it's when you first notice the mural. There's this beautiful mosaic mural that goes all the way around the rotunda, and it actually um, is 15 local industries that are uh, represented. So, um, like the meatpacking industry, uh, I don't which even becomes know. an important part of. Cincinnati in the Cincinnati story, the meatpacking. Yeah. So we're, right. we'll talk about Cincinnati in a minute. I want to talk about the museum for okay. just a second. We went down to, so um, we, like Steve mentioned, we went down to uh, the ancient Egyptian um, uh, exhibit. Sorry, my brain is just not working today. So if I blank on words, I apologize. Uh, we It was the last weekend, but we were the first stop for this particular exhibit. So it's, uh, three different archives, right? Isn't that what that guy said? Yeah, yeah. No, well, not archives. It was three different... Uh, like museum organizations or right, whatever. Right, that contributed to co- yeah. Collections um, contributed to it. There were over, I think they said, 350 artifacts. Yes. So... They little, had a mummified cat. They did have a mummified <laughs> cat, and I, I'm going to put pictures up of it 
uh, on the Facebook page, on the Instagram page, they had an actual um, mummy, but which the, was cool. The nice thing about that mummy was you walked in the room, you saw the mummy. Yeah. And then as you walked into the next room, they had like a holographic display of like, I guess it was through MRIs of what the mummy looked like through the different layers. And it was it, it, in like a pyramid and it was rotating around. Yeah. It was really, really neat to see it, that. Yeah, it was cool to show. Uh, you could see how they kind of um, did the scientific work to date the mummy and like to look at it. And then they did um, a facial reconstruction of um, what the, it was like a kind of a, a very wealthy older lady. She, they estimated that she was about 60 when she died, which is old for back then. Um, even like the pharaohs only lived to their 40s, maybe 50s. So she was pretty old. King Tut didn't make it that for, long. <laughs> for the time period. And she looked very... Um, old. You know, oh, no, well, I thought, I didn't think... I was thinking Cleopatra. She <laughs> and I was surprised she, when I saw her. She looked she looked like somebody's Oma. Like she looked like an old Greek woman. Yeah, like an old grandma. No, yeah. she looked like exactly like an old Egyptian lady. I know, but I I thought Greek when I first saw her. She looked like she should be making baklava in the kitchen. No, nah, my my first thought was because I was expecting you know, I, maybe my mindset was on like King Tut died young and, and so when I saw that, I was like, whoa, that's an old woman sitting there. Yeah. I guess maybe I thought Greek because I just would have pictured her a little bit darker skinned than what she was. She's very fair skinned in the re- recreation. But I mean, I don't, they, I don't know how they would know that. They, she might have been darker skinned. Um, but they had different. Uh, so the exhibit was, it was, it was neat. Uh, it was a little, a little bit of a challenge at first because they're even or possibly because it was the last weekend, it was really, really crowded. Yeah, they had so, the time set up. You had to have a time to go in. And so when they released you to take you in... It was, it was like a big swarm of people. Yeah, you couldn't just go and look at the different exhibits. You basically had to walk in the line with the crowd. But after a while, it kind of... It did thin out. It thinned after out, the and you first, could go and look at what you wanted to. Yeah, but so that was a little a little bit frustrating. Um, but at the same time, like I don't know that there's necessarily... a better way that they could have done it i don't know i don't know why you had to have a time to go in just i, I think if they just would have had it open people would have wandered in you wouldn't have had that crowd at the beginning yeah i'm know. sure there's they know what reason. they're doing so yeah, i'm, I'm sure not going to question that but um so it had different areas so like when you first go in there was a short film about the exhibit and then you went into um something called landscape and climate where it talked about how it it's flipping hot in Egypt. Yeah, it is. I think they said it was like in the summers it would get up to like 104, 108, something like that, which to me is really hot in parts of the United States that's like normal, I guess. Uh, we have a friend, John, who lives in um, Arizona who regularly posts the weather on Facebook, and it's normal to be like hot, 110 degrees. Oh, yeah, well, they say. <laughs> But it's a dry heat. It's so hot. so is the oven where you bake the turkey. It's yeah. a dry heat. 114 is hot. I don't care what you say. It's hot. And I've lived in in that desert environment like yeah, that. It's hot. But it's interesting. You say the desert environment. Um, they talked a lot about the Nile River Basin. And I just, I don't really, I didn't 
I don't know. I don't really think of the Nile River. I don't think of Egypt as being, I do think of it as being a desert, but uh, the Nile River Basin is actually really, really fertile. Yeah. So there's a lot of crops. And they did a good job explaining how they got two crop seasons out of the year out of it because of the flood stages and the, the cycle of the Nile River. So, I mean, that was really interesting. That was informative. Yeah, and it was interesting, too. I thought um, they talked about when, like, what an, e- an ancient Egyptian year was. Our year, obviously, starts in January, goes to December. Their year is dependent upon the Nile River. So, like, their year starts in July when the river goes up, I think is what they yeah. said. So, um, Floods, yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was kind of interesting. I didn't know that. Well, then, I also enjoyed, they also had, because of the, I think that's a temporary display, too, the... Um, the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. So they had a display of Neil Armstrong, who is a native Ohioan, and he ended up, he was from Wapakoneta, Ohio. I think we talked about that last week. But uh, he ended up, he was a, he, he taught at the University of Cincinnati, and he moved down to that area. And um, so it, it was about Neil Armstrong is what, yeah. this, they had a piece of moon rock in there. Yeah, and they had a really cool... Um, Artifacts. Yeah, and a really cool like video thing that was going on, but so in the like when we were back in Egypt, they after the landscape and climate, you went into sacred spaces, uh, which was about the temple and um, kind of like how the temple was designed and what went on in the temple. They had um, like scale replicas of the temples, which was kind of cool. Uh, then you went into private spaces where they talked about what it was like in just everyday. Um, ordinary lives and that was interesting because they had uh at one point they had like the egyptian hierarchy on the wall and um how it it said that slaves and soldiers were basically like the lowest cast of people were the slaves and the soldiers and musicians were ranked higher than soldiers which i thought was interesting so Mm. um and then they had a a an area devoted to the pharaohs and some of the more, um, not even necessarily like the more famous pharaohs, but just the pharaohs in a specific time period. Well, they mentioned Cleopatra and they said this exhibit, the storyline, ends before Cleopatra. Yeah, so it was just the pharaohs during this specific time period, one of whom was female. Um, They talked about religion and gods. Obviously, ancient Egypt was very polytheistic, so there's a god for everything, Uh, They talked about, um, there was a script in state, so it talked about, like, hieroglyphics and um, sort of the affairs of government. Uh, There's actually a really interesting picture um, that I took that I'll put up on the page of a receipt, which I didn't, I I guess I wouldn't have even thought of receipts, but it was a receipt written on a a rock. I mean, basically, they were wearing kilts, so I didn't see any pockets, and this receipt was made out of of stone, so I don't know how they were carrying... (laughs) Well, that's funny. Cause so, did they have a, a hammer and a chisel? Like, okay, here's your receipt for no, whatever. No, no, it was they, written. It was like written in ink on the... On the on stone? Their, yeah. Okay. Which, um, now that I think about it, like the very, very, very first uh, statue, remember there was a thing like that was sticking out of his belt and we were like, what is that? And I said, maybe it's like a staff or something. Maybe it was a receipt. Maybe, maybe he had a receipt. receipt for something just tucked yeah. in his belt. Uh, and then they had personal adornment um, and secret spaces uh, secret spaces was where the mummies were and the coffin. There was some really cool looking sarcophagus and like a regular coffin. Um, the personal adornment section I thought was kind of interesting because they had um, 
the Egypt, uh, Egyptians, they were, they were kind of bougie. Egyptians were very into, um, you had to look good all the time. So the women were, it's not so different from today's culture. Like the women wore a lot of makeup. They wanted to be thin and tall. And, and it, it really wasn't, in fact, one of the things that they said is the more things change, the more they stay the same. Cause like the entertainers and stuff didn't wear hardly any clothes at all. So it was, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. But, you know, out of the whole museum, I enjoyed the, the space the, thing, the space thing. And I enjoyed also the, um, the Cincinnati exhibit. That was really interesting. That was cool. Uh, Walked down into like a, a mocked up riverboat. Yeah. And then they had different, it was like if you were, I don't, what time period is that supposed to be? The 1880s, I think? Would have been there. And what was interesting, so if, if you've been in the Army and you have to move someplace, before you move, you have to fill out an inventory of an estimate of what you're going to, how much boxes and how much stuff they're going to have to bring to get you to move. And it was always interesting. They would always ask, how many barrels of dishes? Like, I, I don't know how many barrels of dishes we have, but when we walked on that riverboat, there was a barrel of dishes. Yeah, a barrel of china. A, a barrel of china, and that's how they did it. So, um, and I mean, I knew that it went back to the traditional way that they measured it, but I'd never really even seen that. Do you know and, what that is? Like, do you know what a barrel of china weighs? I don't know what it weighs, but I mean, it like, looked like a 55-gallon drum. <laughs> So, but you say, like, they ask you on your, like, when you're, your household goods and stuff, they would ask you how many barrels of China, how, what does that equate to? Do you know? Like, what do you put, just pounds or? I, no, it, it, it's cubic space. I don't think anybody knew. Huh. All right. I don't, I don't remember. Enough. Just how many barrels of dishes do you have? I don't know how many barrels <laughs> of dishes I have. I have five boxes. Um. So after you, you, so you could go like on the riverboat and that was pretty cool. And then they had like a dress. It was like a downtown, like downtown Cincinnati in the 1880s. There was like a, a dress shop. And it was funny because as we were, as we were coming out of the dress shop, this little girl was going in and they had different cloth. Um, so the average, uh, like to, to your budget, your clothing budget for a year was about $25. And the, of like a, it had different types of cloth laid out and the price for each. So, um, for example, calico was 10 cents a yard. Silk was $1.50 a yard. Um, and so this little girl is coming. I like in, the wool. Yeah. Well, the wool, I think, was like 70 cents a yard, something like that. So it was in the higher end. I liked the calico, which was 10 cents a yard. But this little girl was coming in with her parents and um, her mom, she was probably, what, six, five, six? And she, her mom... Um, asked her, you know, which of these fabrics do you like the best? And she liked the pink silk, and I couldn't help but comment, you know, she's, she's got expensive taste, and her dad laughed, and she he goes, you bet she does. <laughs> so uh, they had, like, a, a neat little dressmaker shop, and they had um, a printing press, uh, not a functioning one, but they... Of which we had a free advertisement we did. for an hour of your life. <laughs> we did. We, we made a free <laughs> advertisement. You could write out um, little things in, like, the magnetic letters and set it up like you were going to do print type. And what else did they have? Oh, they had a they had a boarding house, but it was close. You couldn't go in there. You couldn't go in the boarding house. They had, oh, an apothecary, right? The beer hall. The drugstore and the beer hall. Which And the cobblestone street you walked on. Was it cobblestone or yeah, was it, it was projected a, cobblestone? I no, I no, it was actual cobblestone. It was cobblestone, actual cobblestones, yeah. and then they had projected lights on it, right? Yeah, like the it, it gave it a really nice atmosphere. But all in all, it, I enjoyed it. 
it, yeah. it was it was it was really worthwhile to go down there just to see Union Terminal itself. Yeah, and just the different exhibits, especially the the Egyptian exhibit, that was really nice to see right now. And which was what was also really cool is I actually just bought a membership for our local children's museum, the Boonshoff Museum here in Dayton, and they have reciprocity down in um, Cincinnati. So if you are a member of a lot of different museums, then they have reciprocity where you can get in either for free or for a discount depending on you know where you're a member. So so that was kind of cool. Let's talk about Cincinnati some. All right, let's. Okay. Do you know it was settled in 1788? Um, it actually, Cincinnati was actually the first city founded after the Revolutionary War. And I, it's been said that it's the first purely American city. America. America, yes. But uh, a lot of history and just where it sits on the Ohio River, there's a lot of... It a lot actually, of history, a lot of trade. Cincinnati is actually within a day's drive of almost half of the United States population. Yeah, it's... So if you live in the eastern half of the United States, you can get to Cincinnati in a day. Yeah. You should come visit. I'll tell you what, though. I worked down there for about 10 years or so, and the traffic can be a nightmare. So it sits on the banks of the Ohio River, and... There's basically five bridges that get across the river. Now, not even all these bridges are for major traffic. It's, you know, some of them just go from over to uh, Covington. It, you know, it, it's not meant for, some of these bridges aren't meant for a lot of traffic. So basically, you only have a major bridge, 71 and 75. So you got Interstate 71 and 75 come together. On the north side of the river in Cincinnati, they merge right at the bridge. So you have two major interstates merging onto one bridge. And then over on the east side of town, you have 471, which can be a bypass. And I guess if you go far enough out, there's two bridges on uh, 275. And if you want to walk across, there's the Purple People Bridge that you can walk across from Cincinnati to Covington and walk over the Ohio River, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but when, when the bridges get jammed up, or when you cross over in Kentucky, you immediately start up a hill. Yeah. And it, oh, yeah. And it does get kind of. Oh, it, it can back up traffic. I remember standing for days on right there. I remember standing on that bridge between the seventy-five bridge over to Kentucky. When when did it flood? Why would you be standing on the seventy-five bridge? Because I was going to say, remember when it flooded? Were you here when it flooded back in the early nineties? Yeah. They the people like it would just the river was up so high. That people just like park on the bridge to take pictures and stuff, and I remember standing there looking out over the river. It one and now this is kind of interesting because I just saw on Facebook it has nothing to do, but further east up the river there were pictures that the Ohio River one year basically dried up, and I saw pictures of the Ohio River where you, people were out walking in the riverbed. That's now this was crazy. a little bit further east, but in Cincinnati. It didn't completely dry up, but the river got to where it was only two feet deep, and that was in 1881. And so... I can't imagine walking across the Ohio River. Is that that when you skip the stone across? Well, (laughs) you can't imagine, but... We we joked with some of our friends a couple weeks ago. Um, We went hiking with some friends, and we stopped at a like a local river stream thing and Steve was skipping stones and was talking about how he skipped a stone across the Ohio River because he's just that good. Must have been in 1881, huh, when the river was only two feet deep. Deep and width would have had nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, now, well, you, you talk about people walking. Uh, the river freezes sometimes. Now, not so much anymore because you have so much barge, barge traffic that goes up and down the river. But it did freeze completely over again in 77 and 78. And wow. people were walking back and forth across the river. When did you say that it was... Uh, in 1881, is that when you said it was only 1881, yeah. I wonder, because Cincinnati was a stop on the Underground Railroad. It is a... Not in 1881, it wasn't. No, I know, but I wonder if there was a lot of... Um, what I have read is a lot of slaves would escape to the north. Now, it would freeze over more back in the day than it does right now, and a lot of that is the barge traffic. Keeps in the, there's a Coast Guard oh, yeah. station there, but... Um, it was a method and a way for slaves to escape. Ohio being a free state, Kentucky being a slave state, right. the, the river would freeze and slaves would escape to Ohio over the frozen, frozen Ohio river. river. Yeah. yeah, so I wonder if in 1881 there were more... Um, oh, what am I saying? Can That's why that I said that, not <laughs> 1881, they were not. Yeah. I forgot the Civil War ended in 1865. Okay. No. Never mind. Can we edit that part out? No, we're going to keep that one in. <laughs> no, please don't. I really, I'm not that stupid. I promise. Okay. Like I said, I'm tired. Sue's been gone for two weeks, and I'm so tired. My brain doesn't work anymore. You know, I don't know why, but I was <laughs> away, and I was teaching a course, and I am more tired from sitting there work, doing that kind of work than I am doing what I normally do. And so I'm worn out. I came home and I want to take a nap today. Oh my gosh, I'm exhausted because when he's gone, I don't sleep. I I go to sleep late. I don't sleep soundly. And then it's also just been a really stressful two weeks. What with the nook closing and like kind of getting adjusted to the new normal as far as who's here, who's not here, new routines and all that kind of stuff. So again, I apologize. I don't know what when anything happened. I don't know what my, what words I'm trying to use. <laughs> this is going to be the worst episode. I'll take the lead on this one, okay? Yeah, why don't you? Okay. Well, the, the population of Cincinnati, of Cincinnati proper, is about 302,000 people. But in the region, which would include northern Kentucky and those several counties around uh, Cincinnati in Ohio, it's about 2.19 million people in the region now. All those people are trying to cross the Brent Sprint's <laughs> Brent Bridge at the same time. <laughs> did but, you know? So, did you way throw back? Do you know? I thought this is really interesting. Who Cincinnati is named for? He's named. It's named for a Roman dictator who saved Rome, and then he was like, "Nah, it sucks being in charge. I'm going to go back to farming." Well, Cincinnatus. Yeah. But do you know what the original name of Cincinnati was? It was some weird Losentaville. So, you know, Losentaville? Yeah, back in, in 1788. I like Cincinnati better. A guy named Matthias. Woo woo. Yep. Uh, I, guess, I guess he was coming from Pittsburgh or someplace, and uh, they, they stopped right there, and they founded Cincinnati in 1788. Cincinnati has a lot of nicknames, too, besides the Queen City, which it, Cincinnati has a lot of nicknames that it has given itself. So it gave itself the nickname, the Queen City. Like a Cincinnatian wrote in a newspaper about it being the Queen City, the Queen of the West. And then Porkopolis, it kind of gave itself because Cincinnati was a major pork producer over yep. back in the day. Yeah, back in the early 1800s. 
Um, but, the, you know. Now but, we call it the Nasty Natty. The Nasty Natty. Which they, Cincinnati gave themselves that name. Well, they didn't give themselves the Nasty Natty. They just called no. themselves the Natty. The Natty, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah we, <laughs> we call it the Nasty Natty. <laughs> but and um, the Paris of America at one point it was yeah. called the Paris of America. Yeah. I don't know if I don't named, see that one. I don't know if they <laughs> named themselves that, but it did have a lot. I mean, you look at at some of the buildings and stuff. They do have really beautiful, like the old old buildings, um, museums and concert halls and stuff like that. They are really beautiful. Honestly, as you're coming, if it's nighttime and you're coming north from Kentucky, when you see the Cincinnati skyline. With all the lights reflecting on the Ohio River, it is, it, it's a beautiful skyline. It is really pretty. It, it's really pretty. Especially and then you get, at night. And then you have all the ballparks right there, Paul Brown Stadium where the Bengals play football. Mm-hmm. You have Great American Ballpark. I mean, it's, there yeah. is a good nightlife. There is a good, there's a lot of things to do in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, and when I say that, I'm also including northern Kentucky, which you can walk across the Purple People Bridge and be right there. There's a lot of things to do on the waterfront. One of my favorite things, and they don't do this anymore. I don't know why they don't do it. Tall stacks. So on the Cincinnati River, you know, there was a lot of trade up and down the river to St. Louis, to New Orleans, and riverboats were big in the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the old steam paddled riverboats. And um, about every four or five years, Cincinnati would put this thing together called tall stacks. And all the big river boats from, you know, all the different, you know, Louisville has like the Belle of Louisville and a lot of the cities up St. and down Louis the river. St. Louis would bring some down, I think. Who? St. Louis, didn't, weren't there some Yeah, there, there, were, there were 15, 20 river boats there and all, all these other boats. And it was just a really... It was a big festival. Like you could, I think you had to pay to get on the river boats, which was fine because that went toward, you know, the upkeep of these old river yeah. boats. Um, but so you pay to get on the riverboats or if you didn't want to, um, there was always, uh, like live music. Like we saw Ricky Skaggs play there and it was yep. general admission. So like you could get right up next to the stage. There are food tents. There's it's, I mean, it's a big festival and they stopped doing it. I don't know if it's just, they couldn't get anybody to serve on the board for the festival or what? I don't know, but that was one of my favorite things to do in Cincinnati. Yeah. I, I wish mean, they would bring it back. Cincinnati somehow. has the second largest Oktoberfest in the world next to Next to Munich. Munich. Yeah. Yep. Now, it's not like the Oktoberfest like you think if you do go to the Oktoberfest in Munich, but it is a fun thing to do. There's lots of food. There's entertainment. It, it's it's fun. We've been down there a couple times. Yeah, and it is it is big. It's right downtown, and I think that is, now, having we, never we, been to... We had Oct- an exchange student, Franzi, <laughs> from Germany, so we took Franzi down there. Franzi didn't think it was very German. I she was I like, I why agree. do you guys call this Oktoberfest? Yeah, I would agree with Franzi. It's not very German, having been to Germany, but not having been to the Munich Oktoberfest. Normally in Germany, the fests are kind. They're usually like in. It's more like a fair, right? Yeah, for us, a so it's fair. Yeah. So it's more. You don't really have them in. There's town. no rides. Well, you know, some of them they, there are not like not like the Oktoberfest or those type of oh. fests, and there's no like the big beer is it, halls. Or isn't anything it like normally that. like in tent. a field? What a lot of times, like the Oktoberfest, it's not downtown, is it? Is it downtown Munich? Well, it's yeah, it's in like, town, but it's not because like the Cincinnati Oktoberfest. It's, it's is, on its. I know what you're asking. It's on its own grounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, think think State Fair. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's on. It has its own like area, whereas Cincinnati Oktoberfest is on the streets of downtown. Like yeah, it is. They shut down specific streets 
uh, it's like a couple blocks, I think. And that backs up traffic even more. Yeah, right? It's like a couple blocks. And you they have big stages that they bring out. And they have, I mean, it's several streets. Well, there is a huge German influence in Cincinnati. Yeah. At one point, they estimate that 60% of the population was of uh, German immigrant. I believe it. Yeah. There's a, I didn't realize until today, too. I mean, you drive down, look at the street names, look oh, at the building yeah. names. In the, fact, the, the um, pork industry. Yeah, well, in fact, I didn't really ever think about it, but um, a few months ago, maybe, uh, some friends of ours, uh, like we, I never had a an official like bachelorette party, so some of my friends decided to take, take me for a bachelorette party, which just consisted of a ghost tour in Cincinnati and dinner. And um, during part of the ghost tour, the guy was saying that some of the streets had to be changed, and the street names were changed in World War II because the street names in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, even though they were not named after the Nazis, obviously, like, they shared, like, there was a Himmler Street, for example, and, like, some of the names were high-level Nazis. Just they were German family names, and they just said they changed the names of some of the streets. Yeah, but a lot of that German tradition, there's a breakfast food Called Geta. Geta. It's, it's good. It's not really. It, it's, it's not made in. It's not made in Germany. I feel like there's a lot of. Um, but the Southwest German, Ohio food that, unless you've been raised on it, you're gonna be like, ugh, gross. Yeah, Cincinnati chili. But Geta, it's it's really good. It, it's kind of a spiced, thinly sliced sausage. It's got it's oats made in of it. Scraps. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's made of scraps, I guess. But it's really good. So. When I first started working down in Cincinnati, there was a restaurant called Sugar and Spice. Oh. And after, like, after we'd do our physical fitness training and stuff like that, we would, uh, sometimes we would go down <laughs> to the Sugar and Spice. And it's a so, very harmless restaurant. Like, it's a bunch of old ladies that work there. It's but Kim like... didn't know that at the time. <laughs> and so Kim looked at the receipt, and she's like, sugar, like, what are you doing at this place called the Sugar and Spice at <laughs> 7 o'clock in the morning? I had to take her down there to show that it wasn't, with their wispy thin pancakes, it we was, should go back there for breakfast sometime. Yeah, they were yeah, really it, good. It's really good food, but it was yeah. So if yeah, you're in Cincinnati, yeah, great but, breakfast but is good spice. Kroger is from Cincinnati. There it's headquartered in Cincinnati. A lot of big and names. If you go up to the meat department in Kroger, like around the sausage and all that, you can buy Geta. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Geta is like just a big regional type food. I, that makes me wonder. Like, can you buy prepackaged Geta in other parts of the country? I doubt it. No one knows what it is. Well, my sister-in-law is from Pennsylvania Dutch country, and there they eat scrapple. Which is the same. It's kind of the same thing, eh, right? Kind of, but... They don't put as much... They don't put oats and stuff in scrapple. Like I don't we know do, what do they, they put in scrapple. I've, it's a mystery. Nobody yeah, knows what they put in scrapple. Sui, Sui didn't know what ghetto was. And she knows she, what scrapple is. But it's a give, local. it's a locally produced... I wonder if they're, because Scrapple and Geta are very similar, so I wonder if that's actually, like, each different region has their own version of Scrapple slash Geta slash whatever so. you want to call it, wherever you're know. at. Or if it's just, like, we like we like pig in this part of the country. Well, what do they call it? Porkopolis. Porkopolis, yeah. Um, I, but I didn't realize until we went to lunch today that there was a bit of pretty significant Scotch population here, too. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, the Scotch-Irish. Um, we went to a restaurant uh, called Nicholson's, I think was the name of it. Yeah. Is that what it was called? 
Yeah, yeah Nicholson's. Yeah. Um, it is the oldest. It was the oldest gastropub in Cincinnati, and it was um, it was really good food. I got a what did I get? Oh, croque madame. Thank you, Kyle, the waiter, for correcting my pronunciation when I sounded like a hick and ordered croque madame. I just sat there and smiled because... He said, oh, croque madame. Because my grammar and my English has been corrected enough. So I just sat there and smiled and said, "Mm mm-hmm. So I ordered croque madame. I I joke on Kyle, but he was actually really nice. Yeah, he... he, Good waiter. It was so good. good. The scotch egg was really good. Yeah, they had scotch egg. Um, and they had a lot of so it it was they had a lot of scotch stuff on their menu so like croque madame they had scotch egg they had what was the thing that you got a scott brown is what they called it which yeah. was basically a Kentucky hot Kentucky, brown which if but you're not from this area you may not even know what a Kentucky hot brown is but yeah. it's a regional local food it's it's pretty good which I was, liked it which what what does it have in it it's got what potatoes right no what does a hot brown have it, in it it was lots of cheese on sourdough bread turkey. And it had some onions and diced tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah. It has gravy, right? It, no, that was all cheese. Oh, ugh. It was all cheese. No, it was good. I it looked, he's, Kyle the waiter said, it's, he said, it's comfort food. Like, if you just need a good cry, get a Scott well, Brown. But it was really good. Do you think Jerry Springer is Scottish? Uh, I, I, I bring that up because... No, Jerry Springer Scottish, but Jerry, I know. Jerry Springer was the mayor of Cincinnati at one time. If you can believe it. Yep, Jerry Springer was the mayor of Cincinnati. And, um, oh my gosh, there's a, there's just a lot of stuff. During the Depression, back in you know the 1920s, Cincinnati fared fairly well through the Depression compared to other major American cities. Because, because it's a port town? Because of the port, and it was cheaper to move goods, transport goods, on the river with the boats than it was by train. So Cincinnati fared fairly well through the Depression because of where it was located. Interesting. Yeah, and I, and I didn't know this until today, too, that you could make it from Lake Erie to the Ohio River on the canals. You know, I probably knew that. I probably learned mm. that in Ohio history at some point. But that was brought out again today. Yeah, I never have been real interested in the canals. I probably should take more of an interest because it is in in Ohio. Like the canals are super, super important to mm-hmm. get um, from in the locks to get from one place to another, and to get goods from one place to another. I just never really, I don't know. I've never really been interested in it. But it doesn't surprise me that you are with your like your civil engineering background and. Yeah, I mean, you know, that could be a whole show. In fact, there's a national a national park up in northeast Ohio that um, focuses on the canals. That sounds fascinating. And there there are places up there you can still see, like the Ohio, the Erie Canal. There are still places that you can uh, do that. Right here in Dayton. Yeah. Canal Street. Oh yeah. Canal Street. There are still pieces, and out at Carillon Park, there is. Uh, oh yeah, they have like a the mini lock. canal there's a lock thing set and, up. Yeah. yeah, I'm part of that right there. Yeah, so canals were were big in Ohio. Um, there's a lot of big companies that are probably because it was a port city. Um, there's a lot of food. That's companies. a big assumption, huh? That's a big assumption. What? Because of Kroger. There no, there were a lot. Fifth of Third Bank. No, but I was gonna say that like Procter and Gamble is headquartered in Cincinnati. Kroger is headquartered in Cincinnati. Macy's, Frisch's, United Dairy Farmers, and I wonder if because it was such a big port city. If just sort of the like the idea that industry sort of 
um, sprang up around Cincinnati, which made it kind of a desirable location for headquartering a business. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Kroger is set up in Cincinnati because it was a major port city. Well, no, but... I think it's just... I think Cincinnati was just good for business. And a lot of people move there because of the great climate during the summer. Yeah. (laughs) Hot hot and humid. It's awesome in the summer, and it's great during the winter, too, with the frozen river. With the frozen river. Yeah. It's... uh, There's a lot of... So, Cincinnati is big. Like, their food... Oh, Hmm. Cincinnati Cincinnati has actually got the biggest metropolitan area in Ohio. It's the third largest city, but it's got the biggest metropolitan area. Yeah, it's huge. And um, in that metropolitan area is a lot of really, 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 really good food that has actually, I think, gone nationally. Graders, I think we've mentioned Graders on the show before. They're a local, uh, based out of Cincinnati, ice cream place. But they, Oprah Winfrey has, that's Graders is her favorite ice cream. Oh yeah. So they've gone lo- or nationwide. La Rosa's um, Pizzeria, which I think we mentioned on the State Fair episode, is is headquartered out of Cincinnati. Um, got its start there, and I think I, I know that you can buy their frozen stuff nationwide. Mm-hmm. I know that I don't think the the chain. It's um it's mostly well they're mostly well known for their pizza, but they have pasta and and calzones and stuff too. Well, graters will ship. Oh yeah, great. My mom down in Florida <laughs> likes it. Likes ice cream, and on her birthday and Mother's Day and other special times, we uh, we we have ice cream shipped to her in Florida, and she says it arrives packed in ice and dry ice, which dry also ice. is kind of cool. I like to go. Um, we have graders not too far from our house, and the which kids, is sounding really good. I yeah, I think I know what we're gonna do after we finish the show. Um, but sometimes I'll go down, and they, dry ice is only like ten bucks or something, and it's fun for the kids to just you run water on it. And it makes a bunch of steam and fills oh, up the, the kitchen, the, and they the love raspberry it. chocolate chunk. It's not little tiny chunks. Oh my gosh! It's huge chunks of chocolate, and they They're, make their own chocolate too. Yeah, it's what is it called? Cold pot ice cream? Is that what they call it? I don't know. It's like the way that they make it is is unique to. It's really creamy Just and tasty. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And their chocolate, if you get chocolate chip, like any any of their ice cream that has chocolate chips in it, it is not chips. It's, it's like chunks. huge, massive candy bar sized chunks of chocolate. And it's really, really good. Um, we've talked about um, the Cincinnati chili before. Actually, sorry, Texas, but Cincinnati actually is the chili capital of the United States. Cincinnati style chili. It's you know, I can really see I can see supper tonight. Cincinnati chili and then graters for dessert. Oh, because they're right there. Even though we're here in in Dayton, like there there's a skyline chili and a grater is right like right down the street yeah. within you know walking distance, pretty much of each other. But there there's just section of Cincinnati. I mean, in as far as universities, you have the University of Cincinnati. You have Xavier University. There is uh, Mount St. Joe, Thomas More College over in northern Kentucky. There, there are a lot of universities, a lot of colleges in Cincinnati. Their medical center down there is world-renowned. They saved your life. They saved my life one day. You want to tell that story? Not right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Steve had to go to UC Medical Center one day, and they, they saved his life, literally saved his life. Yeah, they did. Um, and I think Cincinnati also is, and and just like here, they've had a lot of breweries open up. Um, Rheingeist being probably one of the bigger ones. They've had, um, 
Hudipol's down there, right? Is it Hudipol? Hudipol, yeah. Yeah, they've been around. But like Rheingeist, we saw, where did we see Rheingeist? Oh, Nashville. Yep. We saw a Rheingeist truck in Nashville. Um, so if Rheingeist Brewing, there's a Sam Adams Brewery in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other. Well, just across the river, river there's the Hofbrau House. Yeah, we we got a Hofbrau House, which is really good. It's not quite, I mean, it's it's not like the Hofbrau House in Munich, but it's, I mean, it's the same company. It's It's a little different, but it's. I think the same recipes and stuff. Food's good. Everything's really good. good there. Yeah. And, and then they have what, a, a over in Newport, you have the aquarium. Oh, yeah. That's really neat. And Newport on the levee. Yeah. Like if, if you are looking for a city, what, you said 49% of the population lives within how? Almost 50. Almost 50% of the population lives within a day's drive of Cincinnati. Cincinnati, you could easily take a week in Cincinnati on vacation Oh, yeah. And have a good time. There is that much to do in Cincinnati. There's uh, the zoo. The Cincinnati Zoo, Harambe. Mm, Harambe. Fiona. Fiona. We're, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about that guy. We're going to talk about uh, Fiona, the hippo. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati Zoo, I, we always kind of get into, we don't necessarily. I, I have preferences, Cincinnati versus Columbus Zoo. I I like the layout of Cincinnati Zoo much better than Columbus Zoo. Columbus it's closer. Zoo, it you, is it, you don't have to walk as far between exhibits. Yeah, Jack Hanna is at Columbus, so they've got that going for them. But Cincinnati Zoo, if you, I think if you have little ones, Cincinnati Zoo is way better because you're up close. You get up a lot. You get up close to the animals. Um, it seems like things are a lot closer together. Like you don't have to walk as far to get from one exhibit to another. Yeah, and they have a lot of really neat. Um, and then they light it up in the winter. Oh, yeah. They have, um, oh, what's it called? I don't know what it's called, but it's basically they have like a really cool Christmas thing where they have all sorts of, and they do boo at the zoo, I think, too. And they do zoo babies. So there's all kinds of fun stuff there, going There's on a it. lot of things going on at the Cincinnati Zoo. But, you know, if you get to the zoo at the right time with the lights, and we've been down there before when it snowed. You know, there's like a couple inches of snow. Beautiful. and it's, it, it's just beautiful to walk through the way they do it all. I remember one year we took, um, it was before the twins were born, we took Kellen and Hadley down. Hadley was probably, what, four? Um, and Kellen was like eight. Yeah, something like that. Um, and we took them down for an evening. So we went to the zoo lights, and then we took them downtown. And um, at Christmas time, they have these really pretty carriages, like Cinderella-type carriages. Carriage, yeah. And they're all lit up. And they loved it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's open air, but you, you get in there, and they then they, they give you blankets. And so it was like a Cinderella experience and for I the girls. And I think they had a hot chocolate stand, right, like by where you bought your tickets. So you yeah. could get hot chocolate and take it with you on your carriage ride, and they have blankets. I mean, it, it's right down there. You usually get on them around um, Courthouse Square. Mm-hmm. Not, not Courthouse Square. Um What's Is it, it Government Square? Yeah, right, right down there. Yeah, like Main Street, Cincinnati. Yeah, and, and so there's there are a lot of activities. There's little booths set up. You can get hot chocolate. You know, it just oh, there's ice skating down there too. There's ice skating. Yeah, like open air Fountain ice skating. Square. Fountain Square. That's Fountain a, yeah. Square. Yeah. So I got it confused with Dayton. Um, right now, and then during the summer at Fountain Square, they have uh, concerts mm-hmm. in the evenings, like free concerts that you can go down to. Um, there's just lots of restaurants you can go sit outside, have your meal, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers, Garfield, President Garfield. Oh, the Garfield Hotel. That was yep. really neat. We yep. went in there for a military ball once. It's really pretty. There's yep. a lot of just really old, old. I Cincinnati. If you're an architecture 
person, Cincinnati has a lot of, and, and even the homes, like if you just take a drive around some of the neighborhoods in Cincinnati, they have some beautiful houses. Huge. Like mansion, ancient, not ancient, old, like Victorian turn of the century, beautiful, beautiful homes. Some of them look like they're straight out of it, like a Disney. I mean, we drove through that one neighborhood. We looked at those houses and we know we're in Cincinnati in town, but it's the way it's landscaped. It looks like you're almost still out in the country right then. Yeah, a lot of them are. They're set back off the road, and there's a lot of really pretty. Um, they, I mean, they, they take those people take really good care of their yards. There's lots of flowers and lots of trees. I bet they're paying somebody to take care of their I, yards. Well, I don't, maybe some of them, but I'm sure there's some because maybe some of those people fit that little little old lady stereotype, little old man stereotype that like to putter around in the garden as their retirees. Maybe so. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to do that. I'm. I've started. I've started a plant corner. I saw. So one of these days, I'm going to be that old lady that putters and around I'm in my garden. And I'm really proud of you because your plants are growing. Yeah, I need to go down and get some more plants. Yeah, usually, two pots usually Kim's plants don't make it too long. I've I've been, I talk to them and I sing to them. I, I don't doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> Scientific evidence has proven that if you talk to your plants and you talk nicely to them, that they thrive. Yeah. So but I, let's, I okay. talk and I sing but, to them. But Cincinnati, it, it's... Parking was not expensive. There, there was plenty. No, of you can park. What was it? Two, I think, two seventy five for like two hours. No, it was not. It was like three hours. Three or I four think. hours. Okay, you can park for two dollars and seventy five cents. That's cheap. And then where all the restaurants and all the food and all that stuff is in the downtown area, it's all there. Yeah. So it's all walk. within walking distance, and and I feel like Cincinnati is pretty safe. Like yeah. they have done. There is an area of Cincinnati called Over the Rhine, which used to have a really bad crime problem, but they have really worked hard to, to by come By zip back. code, that was, I think I remember by zip code, that was the most dangerous zip code in the United States at one time. At one time, but yeah. it is no longer. It was, um, it's, it's really become ben, almost like Finley a... Market. Yeah, it's almost become like a hipster paradise now. Yeah. There's all these really cool little mom and pop restaurants um, that have little really, shops and yeah, unique unique foods that you can't get anywhere else. And um, we, when when Jackie and I and uh, Lauren were down there, and Bryn maybe I don't remember who else was with us, but when we were down there. Um, for my quote-unquote bachelorette party, we got this stuff called rolled ice cream, which I had never heard of before. But it's like they they like get super frozen ice cream and they stretch it out and then they put their toppings in it and they roll it up and it was it was really good. Yeah, and in this part of Cincinnati, there's nothing that looks new. No, it's all old school looking stuff. So it just puts you in a different frame of mind as you're walking through there. It does. I mean, you could picture yourself being oh, yeah. like the the turn of the. Oh not yeah, this, the last century. Yeah, it's, yeah but it, but it's not yeah. run down. It's all been restored. It looks really nice. It's a it's a nice area to walk through. There's and there's some newer stuff. Like the closer, I feel like the closer you get to the river, the newer it gets. Yes, which is interesting because I would think that it would be the other way around. But we're talking about downtown right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I would think that like the oldest stuff would be closest to the river, and then the further away you get from the river, the newer the buildings get. But it seems like it's the other way around, where the older. The newest buildings are down, are right next to the river, and the old, the further away from the river you get, the older okay. the buildings are. So my mind is just wandering, <laughs> and I want to go back. We're talking about the river right now. Every now and then, you read someone swims across the river. Why? I wouldn't do it. 
please do not swim across the Ohio River. It's gross. It's not. It's. It's At times, between algae, bacteria, which is a natural flow, because I read about this, it is. But it's. I mean, it's not going to set fire like the Cuyahoga, but. At yeah. the same time, it, I mean, it's a, it's a very, it's still very heavily trafficked. By there, there's a lot big of commercial boats. traffic, a lot of coal barges. There's a lot of barges up and down that river. There's a lot of commercial traffic. I mean, if you go to a Cincinnati Reds baseball game, just look out or Fourth of July where oh, they where yeah. they do where they do the fireworks. It's there's, a big deal. Well, they they shut down the river to commercial traffic. Yeah, and just all these boats out on the river, and so they you know obviously they do the the. Maybe not, obviously, but they shoot the fireworks over the river. And it's just, like I said, it's really a cool, from the bridge. Fourth of July in Cincinnati is really, really neat. They put on a really good fireworks show, um, and it's people come from far and wide to to see it. Yeah, it's... it's But yeah, please don't swim in the Ohio River down in the Cincinnati area, because there is a lot of traffic, and it is kind of gross. Well, it's draining a whole lot of... uh, a portion of the United States. So there there are logs. There's all sorts of stuff floating on the river. But, you know, when they said the river got down to two feet, you know, we always heard these stories about... Uh, the you know, bodies in the river? No, not the bodies, but where where the river is, uh, the locks are. Oh, yeah. The, the catfish are, you know, you, you hear these stories about, you know, someone drowned, so the rescue crews always just go to the locks because that's where the bodies are going to wash oh, yeah. up. And then you always hear the stories like... The divers went down there and came back up because there were catfish down there so huge that, you know, they could swallow you whole. Lies. I don't believe it. Fake news. Fake news. I don't believe it because if the river got down to two feet deep, you would see these fish. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Unless they, like, swam further down the river where it wasn't. They swam down the Mississippi River or something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was was catfish spawning season and they they weren't here. But um, there's lots of history on the Ohio River. Lots of history in Cincinnati, and you know, even though you know we live in Dayton or Columbus, we joke about you know the nasty natty. But honestly, when we want to get out of Dayton, yeah, it's an hour drive. There's lots of different restaurants of any variety that you want to go oh, to. It's a foodie paradise, and yeah. if you're a part of a family, like Steve mentioned, the Newport Aquarium is is beautiful. Um, it's right there on the river. It's uh, the, it's got different exhibits all the time um, that rotate through. Obviously, the Museum Center is really cool. We found out today the Cincinnati Zoo is really neat. If you're a music fan, there are all kinds of um, both small and big venues. Um, the U.S. Bank Arena, I think, is that what it, what it is down there now? Yeah. It's changed names so many times. Um, but it's uh, – so there's – and there's the Taft Theater that's down there. There's Bogart. So if you like – small local venues, um, there's places for that too, for local or smaller music. Um, we were just at Bogart's what, about a month ago to go mm-hmm. see the Aquabats. Um, and there's like an ACDC tribute band that plays there kind of often. So if you like music, Cincinnati's well, I mean, a good you place have, You have the University of Cincinnati down there. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it's a huge party Trendy, area, right? There's yeah. lots of stuff to do. Oh, yeah. You know, the... the, um, the, the because the the university there that the kids lots of, yeah the, there's a lot to do the youths yeah so, so. there you go Cincinnati yep and you know Cincinnati minutes or less Cincinnati should pay us they really should <laughs> they should pay us mm. yeah so if again if 
we're not on the board. We're not receiving any money for this from the <laughs> city of Cincinnati. But if you're 50% of that population within a day's drive, I highly recommend. I mean, people go to Chicago to go yeah. and look at stuff. I mean, and there's, you know, we haven't even touched of all the little things that oh, when you tons. really get in there. Yeah, it's, yeah, we just hit on the big ones. We just hit on the big stuff. So, yeah, if if you're part of that 50% of the population within a day's drive of Cincinnati. Come on down. We'd highly recommend come down Cincinnati. Spend a couple of days here, and uh, I, I think you'll be pleasantly uh Pleasantly pleased, would that be pleasantly right? Pleasantly pleased. Pleasantly pleased. Possibly pleasantly surprised at what pleasantly um, surprised, how much Cincinnati yeah. has to offer. But plan it maybe around when uh, the Oktoberfest is going on mm-hmm. or a taste of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Come down, see the Reds play, see the Bengals play, which the Reds are, it's a very affordable yeah. entertainment. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Okay. Um, if you have any questions uh, about Cincinnati or anything, like if you're coming and you want ideas of stuff to do, email us. Um, what is our email? An hour of your life. Or no, a lost hour at gmail.com. I told, oh, man, my brain. I'm done. And where can a you lost, find us, Kim? A lost hour at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher. Um, uh, we're still working on okay. iTunes. I just figured. If we have to announce, you can find us on Podbean or Stitcher. It means they've already found it. Well, well, yes, but not necessarily. You might be listening on Podbean, but you prefer Stitcher or vice versa. Um, or if you want to tell your friends to listen, you can tell them to find us on Podbean and Stitcher. Um, we are on, supposedly we're on Google Podcasts. I haven't been able to find us, but Google says we're there. Uh, I'm hoping in the next week or two to get us up on iTunes. Um, so we'll, we're... We're a work in progress, but definitely find us on Stitcher. And we have more followers. Podbean. We do. Thank we you, have followers. More more uh, people have listened to us. Thank you, thank you. Tell yep. a friend. Yep. Um, and make sure to like us on whatever your li- listening platform is. Follow us. Um, and, and that's all we got. I guess that's all we have. So that's it. From the beautiful studios in Beaver Creek, Ohio, this is Steve. And Kim, thank you for spending an hour of your life with us.